Hey everybody, this is Phil here, and just at the top of the show, I wanted to let you know that we had some issues with Dave's audio this week. Uh, it only persists until about the eight and a half minute mark, so please bear with us until then. I did the best I could to save it, but you can still understand him anyway. Uh, just, you know what, make sure you're not listening to this on a crowded train or subway or in the middle of a parade or some kind of concert or something like that. Okay, cool. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Let It Bleed Podcast, a place where you can hear the liquor-fueled ramblings of two narcissistic wizards who conjure the essence of inspirational people every week and bring it straight to you. And just how do you plan on doing that? Magic. Motherfucker. And now for the wizards themselves, David Amaya and Phil Arroyo. Man. I like it is fucking miserable outside today. God damn. And I wish that I was as energetic as I thought I would be. I thought I was going to just like wake up and make the most out of my day off because this is actually the first day off I've had probably in since last start in the park. And that I can't really damn. even count as a full day off because of all the work that you know, has to be done to go through. Yeah, it's not really one. And then prior to that, you know, it was like another long stretch of just you know, nonstop work. So, um,. I mean, it feels great though. So I, I actually work through and uh, picked up somebody else's shift. So I have today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday off. And I like was like you know feeling. Oh good. shit! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I we have our park today, and we have uh, I've got the fundraiser for um, something we're gonna talk about a little bit later, but coming up on Saturday. But like I, I was really thinking I'm gonna go somewhere. I'm gonna go camping. I'm just gonna take. You know, take a couple days off and just get out of here by myself and was beating myself up earlier about well fuck what am I what am I doing? I'm not I'm not being as productive but I realized you know sometimes you just need to listen to your body and relax. I was just like sleeping No seriously I'm, I'm, burn yourself out that way. I know I uh I, I was sleeping and then woke up like okay we're gonna do the we're gonna do the podcast because you know both me and I are busy so we're we're doing it a little bit later and but um, you know, I woke up and I was like, I got to get this done before, and I just fell back to sleep. <laughs> I fell back to sleep, and I was like, Ah, oh, this feels great. <laughs> just let it. You know what? Take it, man. Yeah. Enjoy it because you earn it. You know, I mean, people can't work seven days a week. You know, back to back to back to back to back like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not designed to do that. Like, it really is more productive to take that day off. Let yourself reset recharge get back to being who you are because yeah you can keep pushing that envelope you can keep burning that uh that nung chapa at both ends there but uh it's gonna burn out pretty quick and then you're getting zero done and you're not any help to anybody right there. exactly and it's kind of the i guess the condition of people who work a lot who just like feel that it's you know you, the more you work the more the less you feel that you're working or like the more you feel that you need to get oh more absolutely stuff done and so that's I, this guy right here. Yeah, and I think that it's become more and more apparent, um, you know, with our country and like how we've been, you know, brought up to believe that like it's all about hard work and get to work, get to work, get to work. And you know, you, you think like you you have to just be out there, just you know, if you're not working at least five days to week, forty hours a week, you know, just slaving away as many hours as that you're not like doing what you're supposed to be doing, and it's kind of looked down upon. By, by so many people, uh, the other people who just... Well, well, I mean, that's, that is kind of, that, that, that's a pretty reasonable standard right there, you know, 
it's the people who are pushing it way beyond that that I think. And I mean, like, that's kind of necessary now. It's kind of fucked up, you know. True. But I mean, like, I, 40 hours a week should be like what if you work 40 hours a week, like you should be able to live your life, have a basic, you know, bottom line, like decent standard of living, no matter what you exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah, that that's true. You know, and, and that kind of goes along with what I was, you know, kind of saying that, you know, other places have made it much more like it's doable like with even just 30 hours a week or working uh four days a week oh yeah three days off you know because you know what happens when you have two days off even uh, even people who don't work seven days a week it's like yeah well you gotta go uh <laughs> you know you gotta go uh everything else with life gets done in those yeah, two days. the laundry yeah. or you like if you're you know you go to church or something that's like the day you spend at church and you're like well i just wasted that day <laughs> you know kind of like yeah well uh i wanted to do what i wanted to do but i didn't get to do it so um i i don't know it, it does more and more feel as though that that sort of thing was i don't i don't know how how much it was designed to keep you know us feeling uh, being, becoming essentially slaves you know to, to just be yeah keep your head down and keep getting back to work and let us worry about this stuff <laughs> you know and uh, uh i don't know man I've, I, a lot of things have been really just uh coming into um perspective in, in even greater ways after i've been watching a, a few different uh, a couple different episodes or a couple different series sorry on netflix um that that you know are kind of relative to just things that are going on right now and not like directly relative but you know history often repeats itself and you start to see patterns you start to see oh yeah the same things over and over again and uh the shows that i'm talking about uh one of them is the last stars which is really freaking good um it it but what's that one about about uh basically the fall of the russian empire the russian revolution um and you know because it's hard for me growing up during, you know, when all of uh, my stuff about the Russians being focused on the Cold War, you know, just kind of like this, this heavy Soviet Union, mm-hmm. where you realize there was like, you know, you just go back and kind of, like, I always wonder, like, what is, like, what goes on in Russia? You know, you know, like, you have more, I have more of like a, had more of like an insight to other countries, you know, like other cultures, but like, what's, what is the culture of, of what was the culture of Russia even before all of that stuff? And you see that it's not necessarily better in any way, it's just different, you know. And, and they are, there's a really mm-hmm. interesting country of how they've gone back and forth and just not really ever found the right way to like be a really, I don't know, like just a, a free country, you know. It just seems like there's just nothing but suffering yeah. going on. But it's, it's really interesting with history because there's just certain things that um, you learn that when you learn in high school, like about Rasputin and, and stuff like that, that just you, you weren't really getting the full history. It kind of sheds some insight to, to some other things. Not saying that he wasn't, you know, definitely a very, very uh, scary figure in his own right, but it was just... It, well, what's something that, what's what's like a paradigm that turned on its head that you learned from that? Well, you know? I, would, I would say that, you know, he was somebody who really shook up a lot of the uh I, I found myself relating to him more than um than i would have ever thought before not saying that there's definitely a line that was crossed and there's definitely like a, a manson like quality to him though not really i think that he got caught up in his own his own thing for for being a holy man or whatever but the fact that he pushed and, and shook 
the um, you know what was already established and what the you know the, the stuff that was already set to be a holy person you know or even just like the conservative people of the time who obviously hated him because he had great influence over the czar um, and his family and the decisions being made but like you know there were obviously other conservative people who wanted wanted to uphold the monarchy and he had you know ways of, uh, of influencing the, the czar in different ways than what they wanted you know um, plus there's some gnarly shit that like supposedly by these accounts by these stories that happen that you're like wow that's you know that's pretty fucking interesting like you know the, the the sort of miraculous stories the things that he had done a, as a healer or whatever you're like i don't know how much of that is true but this is what we have to go off of even after we've uncovered all of these things and you're like it's it's just it's different hearing the uh, hearing it in a different way hearing it more and something to add on top of that another show that did that for american history as well as the history of the world because it happens to be going on like during you know both world war one and, and two uh, was the untold history of america by oliver stone i don't know if you've seen it mm-hmm. have you checked it out yet i have not it's no I'm it's not. really i mean it's it's kind of like something you would expect to just go and play today in like you know in class it's, it's just him narrating history as it goes on and, and kind of breaks it up into different episodes based on on different parts but it goes more into um, really showing how our leaders weren't or how we've, we've really been just in our own way following a lot of propaganda our whole lives, you know, about how we've come mm-hmm. to win the war and how it was just like us that, you know, did all of this stuff and um, you, you were certain leaders. But like, also yeah. going into um, something else that... Uh, that, that was on my mind it, it kind of tied into this theme that um you know um shit losing losing my 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 thought here but about like the fact that racism and and all of these things that so many people are really just trying to still pretend or that they that they really don't see it themselves in a person like they, they're they're not aware of it themselves and so they don't think that it's that it's still relevant or that it's still here. Like these things kind of prove these, these shows really prove that it was not long ago that this like horrendous shit was happening. And like stuff like uh Truman, for instance, as president who was a fucking idiot, <laughs> you know, who didn't know mm-hmm. anything was also just like a blatant racist, you know, and like accounts of him just like yeah. referring to black people as niggers all the time, you know, like just that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just, ridiculous uh ridiculous stuff man it's yeah you know i've been picking up that's kind of been a a new fascination of mine as well and that i've been picking up from all sorts of different sources like just little tidbits of history and areas that like make everything now seem so familiar and you know just i think properly contextualized like this this you know 400 year battle that we've been fighting with entrenched systemic racism and um yeah man it, i mean that stuff is <laughs> is well, a trip, so you know i mean i was i was i was i i was hearing uh lee lee atwater who was uh president uh nixon's nixon's reagan's fuck i think it was nixon's um uh, uh campaign manager who famously employed the quote southern strategy 
which was the uh, you know kind of uh, uh, been the Republican playbook ever since in the uh, in the '60s there, uh, as a response to uh, the Civil Rights Act and LBJ and whatnot. But you know, hearing him say like you know, oh, people are too savvy, like you can't just be explicitly racist, but we gotta we've gotta cater to these white people by using all this coded language and all these things like tax cuts, like uh, states' rights, like. Um, you know, all, all these these things that are still being said over and over today. And I know I've read the quote, but I had never heard it. And I actually heard it on tape this week. And that was very striking to me to see the way that they, uh, you know, the, w- the way they kind of explicitly framed all these things and said, no, this is all coded language for outright racism. And actually, uh, you know, the period of reconstruction following the Civil War, uh, that has also been something that I didn't really know a lot about, which was utterly fucking fascinating to me because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading up on this shit and it's like, wow, there was legitimately so much movement towards actual, uh, you know, racial harmony and equality and, and, you know, things were about to be like moved in a serious, uh, you know, kind of very good, interesting direction. And what I didn't know was that. Uh, after Lincoln picked Andrew Johnson to be his vice president because Andrew Johnson was this, you know, insane, uh, you know, racist. And just he was he was a, a Donald Trump of that era. Right. And and Lincoln did that because he was trying to, you know, kind of bring about some unity with the country following the Civil War. He wanted uh you know, he, he wanted to kind of placate the South and make them feel a little bit better about coming into the Union because he didn't want things to kind of break up again. He was still trying to kind of ease the tensions over there. And so, you know, he said, OK, well, we'll hire this guy for this position that really doesn't do anything, you know, for vice president. We'll hire we'll we'll bring this guy in and then that'll, that'll kind of smooth things over. And then once Lincoln was assassinated uh, and that guy became president, uh, Andrew Johnson basically did a lot of the things that we're seeing now. Uh, of course, actually worse than what we're seeing now, but basically dismantled all of the protections and progress that was being that was being kind of implemented following the Civil War in this era of Reconstruction where they were trying to legitimately, you know, uh, you know, integrate, uh, you know, formerly, uh, formerly enslaved black folks into society. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing how this, you know, unabashed racist really just threw a, a, a Molotov cocktail and all of that following an assassination and doing doing damage that was never really undone. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff has just been, you know, fascinating me lately. Well, it was so the one of the things that I was thinking about throughout watching both uh, both of these series was that uh, like the other day, I, I posted or I shared a meme on my Instagram story and it was basically the Confederate flag next to the, uh, you know, the German Nazi flag. Uh, and it says it said something along the lines of like, if you wave these flags to if you if anybody waves these flags today, they are not a real American. 
we fought two wars about this. Like they cannot call themselves a real American if they're actually waving these flags. We fought two wars mm-hmm. about this. Like, come on, like that was, it was something simple like that, you know? And, you know, I, I thought that that was, you know, when I saw that I, I shared it cause it was, yeah, it's fucking true. Like if you were actually waving both of these flags, you can't really call yourself a true American. You know, we, we, we're not for these anymore. Yeah, we've decided against this. We, we've come past this. Well, after that, somebody, and I'm not going to get into who it was, and I'm not even going to badmouth this person really, because um, I'm not bad when laughing them all at all, actually, because I, this is one of the things that's concerning to me. This person is is pretty young, but they are very intelligent. Um, I, I noticed after I've met them once, I've talked to them, had a great conversation with them about art, about all kinds of things, and um, you know, I, I I do think that it's just, I think that it's it's a product of of being misled by certain people who can appeal to somebody in in a certain time, like a certain probably desperate situation. So this kid, um, and I call him kid because he's roughly about, you know, early, like 19, 20 years old, maybe at the most. Um, And Mm -hmm. he responds to this and he says, uh, just FYI, in historical context, the Confederate flag is actually more like the don't tread on me it wasn't about uh it wasn't about slavery or keeping slaves at all and i was just like well you know just fyi in historical context you know the uh nazi flag was or the nazi symbol the swastika also meant uh well-being in sanskrit but we all know that anybody waving that after 1933 is a fucking racist you know that's just plain mm-hmm. and simple and then also the tread on me flag is already is already definitely pushing it because I explained to him, I said, I know a lot of people who uh, claim to be libertarians who don't see themselves as racist at all, or they don't understand that by kind of ignoring or glossing over the, the issues that we have here, it's making them, un- they're unaware that they're racist or they're unaware that they're supporting racist ideals because the, the don't tread on me flag, you know, for a lot of them means like, just don't tell me what to do with my guns. Don't tell me what to do with uh, my freedom of speech. Don't try to change the constitution. Like these are the, uh, you know, the libertarian, uh, the values, right? Well, it's, it's like, yeah, that's, that's fine and dandy, but you know, the, I feel like it's a, a way of glossing over systemic racism. The idea that it still exists to which he, Absolutely. to which he replied, I don't believe it exists. The only thing that exists is uh, the only form of racism that, that exists is affirmative action. And that's when I'm like, oh, man, OK, I'm like trying really hard right now to that's... to to, you know, like not lose it or not blow up on this person, because I do think and I still stand by what I say that. And, and I mean, you, we've seen it, you know, you and I have seen it on Facebook where, uh, you know, people I saw you do it this week. You know, it, it, I feel that it needs to be done more because I see it so much where I get it and I understand, man, how how frustrating it can be to to try to argue these points to to people, but I just don't think that the way that people are handling it is is being effective because it's kind of just stooping to the lower level of calling names and and you know really just not making your point understood and and that's why i would encourage people to kind of just avoid battling on facebook uh, discourage them to like get into that you know kind of save it for well, in the, the interpersonal communications unless you handle unless you're willing to take the time to handle it a certain way but to go back to the with this kid you know i i, I was patient and letting i i heard him out and so i said okay so 
what like I go, man, if you look into this further, you will see that there is definitely systemic racism. I go, just look into the war on drugs and how they strategically planted these drugs in neighborhoods of minorities and, and poorer neighborhoods to keep them in shambles. And he was like, well, I could kind of agree with that. So it's like, OK, cool. You know, one point, you know, that we're, we're making we're yeah. making, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting ahead on this point over here. But he was trying to say, I go, I, I, I go systemic racism on paper. I mean, uh, uh, affirmative action. I can understand where on paper when you're reading it, it sounds like, well, that's that's counterproductive to getting rid of racism, because now you're you know, their argument is that, well, now you're you're allowing for people who don't deserve the job to get the job based on their skin color. And I said, look, you have to understand not that long ago, it was segregation existed. Not only did segregation exist, but even after the civil rights movements where we, you know, abolished, uh, you know, we got rid of a lot of a lot of things that were, were legal. It still wasn't illegal for a person to just turn down a person based on anything. And you better believe that there are way more examples of racial injustice, like in, infinitely more examples of, of racial injustice due to uh, just not, them, they're not being affirmative action in place than by having affirmative action put in place. You know, like I go, like, let me ask you this, like what, what examples of affirmative action have you experienced and like that, that have been unjust, you know, tell me. And he said that he used an example about getting into school the school that he wanted, the, the school he applied for. And that, you know, on paper, he and a friend of his who was a girl, and I asked him later, I said, was she, uh, was she by chance a black girl or, a, you know, a Latina or a person of color? And he said, uh, no, just she was a white girl, but just a girl. Because his argument was that it had to do, it was sexist and racist. And I said, so what was the deal? And he goes, well, we both had the same GPA. We both had the same hobbies. Everything on paper was the same, except I was just a little bit better, but I didn't get accepted. And that was literally the reason why he was able, why he believed that, like, why, why you know what I mean? Like, just one thing that happened to mm -hmm. him personally that isn't even really, you know, I hate to say it because I was apologetic. I said, I, I was like, you know, I'm sorry that that happened to you and that that was unfair. You know, like, I, I, I would imagine that there might be more that goes into that, you know, um, I, I can't say for sure. And cause I said, what did they, what did they tell you? And he says, well, you're just the typical, um, uh, that, you know, we're, we regret to inform you this and that. And I go, well, man, that could have been there on it. There are so many other reasons why, why that could have happened, but I am sorry that that happened to you. But I'm thinking like, man, that's, that's just the kind of shit that like these people out there to submit essays and stuff like that. Like there's no exactly even candidate. There are other things that could explain that. Edge. Right. But, I, but, yeah, but I, so I it's kind of like on one hand, you want to say, man, like you do want to go and just lay in on them in a rough way and say like, bro, like I could show you how like you complaining about this is just not even like it's not even on the same level. Uh, not not even close to the same realm of the injustice or the you know inequalities inequities that minorities suffer from and i w I, I his thing was too he's like oh it's okay well now i guess he goes to to um i don't want to even say the school but the school that he goes to uh is he's the minority at his school and i said yeah man we're in california we're in southern california and there's a very small area of like southern california where you know that's gonna happen the rest of the country 
by far is not like this. You know, it's definitely mm-hmm. not, it's not uh, in favor of, of people of color. And um, I said, and he said that, yeah, they hate white people at my school. And so that was kind of something that made me think like that goes along with, with what I've been trying to, to say. And I think I've t- talked about it on the episode where we had Olivia on, where I brought up that the, the goal should not be to flip to turn it upside down and it wasn't that i I believe that like we're going to flip it and we're that white people will eventually be marginalized i don't think that that's going to happen i know that's not going to happen but the intention behind it like if that is the the goal that people are pushing forward to like literally and i do see it where people go out and, and and treat white people uh that might just be clueless you know they they might just be ignorant and clueless to something that that little stuff does kind of push it and adds to this fucking army of fucking orcs that are assembling because of, you know, Donald Trump and people like him and, and Roger Stone or other and any other alt-right people who use these sort of small examples to relate to people and kind of just brainwash them into believing, well, no, that doesn't exist. You know, the Gavin, whatever his name is, uh, the guy from fucking McInnes. McInnes, you know, like going on, on, on Rogan and saying like, yeah, I don't believe that exists. It's bullshit. That doesn't racism doesn't exist. And Joe's like, what, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, yeah, it's just it's bizarre, you know, but um, it, it, yeah, no, I, go ahead. I, I get what you're I get what you're saying there, you know, and it's and it is a difficult it's a difficult needle to thread there because you're right, you know, and and there are a ton, like, fuck loads of awesome white people. Like, that seems like a weird sentence to even have to <laughs> right. say because I, it is so self-evident, right. you know? Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's really, you know, kind of crazy to think that, um, to, to think that, you know? And, and the point being with a lot of these arguments that, that do specifically target white people is that like every white person is benefiting from a system that was set up by people who are not themselves. And that is like not something to blame them specifically, right. you know? But it's that like, we all need to work together to build a multiracial, uh, you know, uh, 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 harmonious, uh, uh, you know, movement of people to actually work towards real equity and equality and prosperity right. because those things like I was actually just listening to this uh, guy and fuck, I cannot remember his name. I will look it up while I say this, but he had these, you know, kind of very incredible, uh, uh, you know, things to say about how he had this very, this very cogent argument about how racism, uh, cultural racism actually follows the systemic racism. And that, like, you set up this hierarchy where you're like, okay, these people are going to be, you know, it's basically the aristocrats sowing division among the lower people in order to keep their power entrenched where it is. Right. And that racism has always been a tool of the aristocracy and not so much that. And that, like, you find, you you start with the inequality, which would be slavery. Right. Exactly. And then the cultural ideas follow right. that. Exactly. You know, through, mm-hmm. you know, God doesn't believe these people are real people. And then, you know, they then they, they, they make the science go, oh, they're, you know, their brains are, are, are biologically smaller. Or, and then, you know, oh, like, you know, trying to justify it. All of that comes, it's an ad hoc argu- ar- like argument, or it was, it was made after the fact 
that you know they realize that, like it is way more profitable to be able to do this because racism ultimately if you look if, if you look at the data and the way things break down racism ends up hurting white people the most like if, if you de if you deaggregate all the numbers across countries like that like poverty and a lot of these policies that affect uh, uh that affects people that we talk about and how they're intended to uh, affect black people they actually in, uh, affect more white people than they do black people uh, by virtue of them just being there are more of them but that being said like uh you know the example that he used which was great was that in in north carolina they blocked uh the aca funding that was ba that was basically free uh because they didn't want the oh, you know uh, the ACA to take effect in there and have people kind of start to, you know, realize the benefits of their health care. And people would vote it down because white people think, okay, well, at least black people aren't going to get it. But that being said, it's like, yo, it, uh, you know, 500,000 people did not get health care. Like 289,000 of them were white. Right. Like, and the rest of it, and the rest of it's that way. Well, one. yeah. And actually, this, this goes back to what I was saying about reconstruction earlier and that legitimately, like, a lot of these programs like historically historically uh, black colleges and all these things that are thought of now as things that you know were put in place to uh you know help you know assist black people were were historically actually uh multiracial and that they actually were helping poor white people as well like it was things were segmented not by race but by but by you know class right and income inequality and it's just it was a really kind of wild uh argument to to hear because in the middle like it was just so poignant and you know inspiring and the dude's name was uh reverend dr william barber the second so yeah no uh read into him i just kind of discovered him yesterday and i've been looking at his stuff and he is a fascinating fascinating character right yeah i'll have to check it out andrew barber the second he said uh yeah okay uh no, Will, William, William Barber. Barber. Okay, William Barber the second. Yeah, Re Reverend Doctor William Barber the second. It was inspiring as shit. Like I came out of that like just having a fucking rough, rough day of watching the news because this came after uh, the president's rally last night where uh, he whipped everybody up into a fucking racist frenzy where they were chanting to send. They were chanting, chanting, send her home talking about an American congresswoman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that whole thing, too. I've, <laughs> I've gotten into it with, I can't believe. Anyways, go on. Go on. Yeah. And just, just that, that was just a, I mean, it's, it's demoralizing to see that, you know, to see a full-on outright textbook racist rally and to see those chants kind of break out. And, and we're talking about, elected members of Congress in the middle, like in all this, it just is, it's just, it's rough, you know? And so the listening to that, uh, that speech by, uh, Reverend Dr. William Barber was, uh, you know, it, it, it made me get up this morning and, and be ready to go again because yeah, that it's, it's just been a brutal, brutal fucking week on a lot of events, you know, and this shit always ramps up during, particularly crazy times and i think actually if i were to log off and check the news in an hour or two we'd get some pretty you know some more crazy stuff but uh anyways you were you were about to make a point Go ahead. no i i mean that was i mean the whole obviously the, the the border the issue at the border right now um and people's 
people's dissonance, you know, where it's, it's like they, even people who I don't think are, you know, just hateful or unintelligent, they kind of rest on that. Well, it's, it's illegal. They shouldn't have come here. It's, you know, it's illegal. I mean, but the biggest issue that they have really is not even about the issue. It's about AOC. Like they don't like her. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the reasons for why they don't like her is because of their own dissonance. It's like, it is their own in in the sense that the, the, the racism that they have that they don't even realize is like, well, what, what are your reasonings for, for disliking this person? But even aside from that, like this, this issue here has nothing to do with her. She just happens to be one of the people speaking out against it. This is something that's inhumane. And I mean, that thing I posted with Joe Rogan the other day, like that he said a while back was mm-hmm. perfect. Like, I mean, he articulated it so well in layman's terms, something that people can understand that should, they should understand. He's like, I don't have to agree with you on policy. I don't have to agree with you on all these things. But if you can actually, you know, be there in the presence of a woman who is coming here seeking a better life with her her child and you know is getting the child taken away from her and she's crying in front in front of you and you think that that is okay you're not freaked out by that then there's something wrong with you there's something wrong with you to just rest on this idea well it's illegal i mean fucking think of how many illegal things everybody does each day you know legality does not and it will never be the you know the 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 set the bar for morality really you know slavery was was exactly there's you know nazis were were legal like the and the things they did to the jews were legal like legality is not the 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 bar for exactly i guess barbarity like it's fucking exactly and and it but you know the people that are also saying this are stuff that i do illegal things with on a daily basis you know like just saying that uh and it's like well what if you you know jaywalked you know and you got your baby taken away from you like this is seeking asylum is not illegal you know and the thing about the the false equivalency in that video too the video that was straight propaganda you know and i i you know yet to talk to that person in person about it she's yet to comment about this stuff on her facebook so i don't know whether it's more like you know the what they're trying to stir things up or what but it was there was there was a couple different ones the first one was that three minute video that we talked about last week where they went in and, and supposedly mm-hmm. thoroughly debunked like the, the myths that she was yeah. saying, which is bullshit and, and straight propaganda because it was the most her. I think since then that video was deleted um, from that account. But then, um, then, then this one where there, she's questioning the person who wrote, wrote the separations act, the family separations act. And, you know, mm. he was in his responses, just using blatant like textbook like propaganda by saying yes i wrote this to save lives he had to keep throwing out there saving lives it's like no you're not saving any lives here you're just you were being an asshole but you know so she asked the questions and she he uses this major false equivalency of if i you know uh, when if i was to get a dui right now and i had a child in the car we would be separated from each other when i was a cop in new york city and i arrested a man for domestic violence uh he was separated from his kids and it's like okay yeah first of all seeking asylum and coming in here and not doing any harm is not is not any of those things secondly they do not it's well, legal it's internationally well, legal all of that is well, legal these are legal processes but, but secondly secondly they do not 
remain missing or they do not go missing and remain separated from their families. That is the thing. Like, that's the other, the biggest issue. Like, like, yeah, like, okay, you get a DUI, you, the kid goes away. Like, that doesn't, it doesn't remain that way. Yeah, they also get a trial. Yes. They also get all of these other basic rights that are enshrined in the Constitution for everybody on this soil, not just citizens. Yes, and the, and the thing about this is also, like, okay, the process, people, they could go through the proper channels. You know, my grandparents did it. It's like, yeah, your grandparents were Europeans. They came over. There was not a big problem because, sorry, they're, like, you know, that's because they're white. It takes 30 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as hard for them. But then these people who are coming over here have been, there are these reports that are just it's really easy for um, people to say, well, no, those are false. She's a cunt. AOC is a cunt. So they're false reports. She's just lying. She's making it up. But there are numerous reports of how many people did go through the proper channels and have been put into this limbo state to where they eventually just get pushed back because there is like, it's just not working out. They're not actually like, they're not trying. They're not trying to allow these people in. They're using all of the the roadblocks that they can or the things that say, well, go through the proper legal channels. And I I, I mean, I would be uh, I, I've seen it happen. Yeah. I have worked with people trying to get their like multiple people trying to get their immigration papers. And and it takes fucking tens of thousands of dollars yeah. for people who have nothing already. Yeah. And it takes years and years and years. And then I I worked with somebody on this for a very long time. And then I watched as they fucking got denied over like a slight like paperwork violation. Oh, dude! And said, "Oh, they got to start the whole thing over." After he had spent, he, now this guy had nothing. Yeah. He managed to scrounge up like fifteen thousand dollars to do this over like four years, and then they just said, "Oh, nope, sorry, guys, over." What? The process is bullshit. Yeah, I mean, okay. Here's something from Twitter that I, I, I retweeted a, a couple of weeks ago, but it said, "This guy said my dad just received a letter." He could begin the process um, to try to get my uncle his papers. My dad filed that petition 23 years ago. My uncle passed away two months ago. So this is for all those why don't you just cross legally people. I mean, this is the process that we're talking about. These people don't understand at all yeah. like what they're doing and how this administration has not just done that, but they have made it virtually impossible to do it legally because it's not about illegal immigration. It has never been about illegal immigration. It's been about immigration. It's been about the color of your skin. And that is exactly why he can get up there and he can tell three born and bred American congresswoman and one who's been a citizen for, for a decade longer than his wife Yeah. to go back to their country. Yeah. Yeah, that's... AOC's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rico is America. Yeah. They, they, their, their, their whole ancestry is this country, right? And so it's not about that, and it's never fucking been about that. And and the the only, you know, it, it just gets more blatant, more obvious every fucking day. That is literally the in the uh, th there's a federal uh, guideline. What is it? The federal the federal governmental body that policies racial discrimination at work uses quote, go back to where you came from as literally the textbook example of potentially unlawful bigoted harassment. Yeah. 
Like, these are just fucking facts, man. Well, Joe Say... And it, it is crazy to me. Joe Say would be a, a person that, you know, could share a lot of, of his own experiences with this because that's what he, you know, that's what he does. And Joe Say is the... Yeah, to anybody not listening, we've had uh, Joe Say Gloria on the show before. Um, he works with um, the... What, what, what was the guy's name from Anaheim? Um, uh, Moreno. Oh, it was, it was Moreno. The, the mayor of- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he... Um, that's what his what he does is he's a translator for for people and helps them with the process of getting in. And, you know, he's successful in getting a couple people in here and there. But the amount of people that are coming through through the proper channels and and uh, being able to to do the same thing is just probably absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I don't know the numbers, so I'm not going to pretend, but I definitely can imagine that it's absurd. Um, and if people only knew, maybe hopefully that would be enough information to show them, even though I don't think so, because I do unfortunately believe that anybody who does use that is has bought into this simple minded fear of them coming over here and ruining our country and making it a worse place, you know, um, because they're going to take our jobs. Supposedly, no, it's people like Donald Trump who would take your jobs, people like him who don't give a fuck about you. People, business people, you know, yeah, he may not have been a politician, but he was a businessman and a very, very bad businessman and a very, very shady businessman, you know, and it's not to say like that that doesn't happen on both sides of the spectrum. Like there are definitely uh, politicians that are on the left that also run very, very shady, you know, businesses and fucking do a lot of fucked up shit, too. So let's just get that argument out of the way and focus right here on what's happening right now. And not worry about going back and forth and saying, well, you did this, you did that, you did this. Like, let's fucking focus on one thing for once. You know, let's let's fucking yeah, get get yeah. that out of the way. And then, you know, because a, a party's not going to get us out of this. No, yeah, this is also something that the, the reference said, you know, it, it, it needs to be a, a movement of, of people, you know, not not hung up on the, the, the party ideology and those things. Because, yeah, absolutely. Like. You want, me to get, you want me to get a fucking rant going about the Democratic Party right now? Ooh, I will. That is a fucking corrupt institution. Right. Like, the, the you know, the, the baseline, you know, bones of it and shit like that. It, it irks me to no end. But there is no practical, uh, you know, real way to operate outside of them. Because at, at least, at, at least they've got the people who give a shit, you know? There's no such thing. There's no viable independent third party, and I'm not. I'm not convinced there's ever going to be one. And so you need to fix these things from within. And things have been fixed massively, way more than they than they than they were before. And uh, you know, I, I pulled this quote, and I didn't really have a good kind of segue to interject it, but I think this is a, a relevant uh, thing, just from a, a comment that I that I found on on Reddit uh, earlier this week that I just you know it just struck me. This guy uh, Radiant Wave on Reddit says. Every time someone asks why the right supports Trump or McConnell's bullshit, I tell them the answer is simple. Uh, 22 years of Fox News telling the right that the left is doing all of the same things we complain about Trump over. Forget any standard of journalistic integrity. The right-based news lied for decades, and the left did nothing to stop it in the name of freedom of the press. The left took the high road right off a cliff. The right today accepts the criminality of their leaders because they had been told for decades that this is exactly what the left has done forever. From the Clinton scandals all the way through Barack being a foreign-born Muslim. While the left laughed, the right believed this shit. And this is what they see as their payback. It is about getting even for something that never happened. 
And of course, because the left never fought back hard enough, it must have been true. And I was like, damn, that is a fucking phenomenal way to, to summarize the entire situation and, and how we find ourselves now. Because I, you know, uh, recontextualizing all of the bullshit that went on, especially during Obama's presidency, but even going back way further to Clinton and Jimmy Carter, um, you know, it, it, it's insane. Like, somebody reminded me of the, quote, beer summit that happened uh, under Obama's watch. Uh, and I don't know if you were following this or, re- or recall this at all, but it was when a, uh, there was a, a black professor who was actually arrested because he was trying to get into his own home and he had locked his, he had forgot his keys. And so he was trying to figure out ways to get in there. The cops, the cops were called. He was able to prove, he's like, no officer, this is my house. Like this is my driver's license, this is my ID. I just locked my keys. And, and they still arrested him and went and processed him. Like just blatant fucking racism there. Mm-hmm. And Fox News just ran with this for a long, for just forever. They ran with it for weeks saying, oh, okay, like Obama doesn't support the police, like blah, 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 because he said that the cop acted stupidly, which he did. And then the president said, okay, like now I'm going to have a, the beer summit, which is what it was called, to sit down and have a beer with the two of them and hash it out. But that right there, like that's been their playbook, you know, this fake outrage to you know like that was that was seeding the 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 kind of the things that they needed to to work for them down the road like it's been this this giant coordinated strategy to kind of dismantle uh the other side's uh you know just frame of reference basic reality and that's how we're seeing this fucking twisted right now it's because it's just it's the propaganda. It's this unceasing propaganda that's been going on for 20 years. And and speaking of that, like, have you caught uh, the loudest voice yet by any chance? Have we, have we talked about this Not yet? Not familiar. Okay, the loudest voice is the show on uh, Showtime. It's a it's a limited limited run uh, miniseries. Damn, it's about Roger. another another show that I want to see. The Showtime I don't get, but I need to figure out a way to to make that happen. Go on. Sherlock's unofficial sponsor. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it follows the life of Roger Ailes okay. and how he went and started Fox News and how he kind of rose up and the actions that he took and stuff like that. And it is just fascinating in that I, I know a lot of these stories and these touch points kind of going through, but seeing them all back to back, you know, it really drives home the point that that like what is different about now than was different you know, from throughout history is this propaganda network, this propaganda network that we have been complicit in allowing to just talk like they have to spread baseless lies well, wasn't- and things like that to go out and spew this in the, in the, in the interest of, of, you know, both sidesism. And we, we have taken uh, what we call what we refer to as journalistic integrity and just, it's been exploited for decades now you know saying okay well there's two sides to everything and so we're going to treat this with exactly the same amount of uh you know uh, uh, of uh, uh, gravitas of leanings of respect as the other side of this argument which is why we'll get we'll get anti-vax people on there which is you know their expert is uh, some mom blogger 
and an actual scientist who's been studying this for fucking decades. And, and CNN, who was the fucking worst defender of this of all, will just have both of them on. And then their journalists will not offer their people, their anchors will not offer any context. And they'll just say, well, that's both sides of the argument. You guys figure it out, you know? And that is the Fox Newsification of our entire, entire media landscape. And that there is this shameless, shameless fucking, uh, you know, adherence to, uh, you know, our journalists should be completely impartial, uh, um, just reporters in the news. And maybe that was fine in the era of, like, Walter Cronkite, but it is impossible, impossible to have that. Like, straight up, I don't respect anybody who claims that they are just completely neutral talking about uh, either side. And when one party has been systematically in bad faith arguing that, uh, you know, reality has a well-known liberal bias, uh, it's, just, it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating to watch all of these things play out. To watch people on TV right now, today, go on and say, oh, is the president a racist? Who knows? Or this is racially charged, racially charged chants, racially tinged, racially infused. Instead of just saying, yo, what the president is doing and what he has said and who he is is explicitly fucking racist. We've been saying this forever. And every day, more and more shit comes out that proves that it's fucking true. And it just, it, I, it is very difficult to deprogram this shit. It's, yeah. But I think what you did the other day was was the way to go about it and doing it right because i watched you on a facebook thread exercise patience and uh you know exercise this you know kind of understanding and really try to sit down and talk through somebody who just came on just shit on a thread with some crazy stuff with no evidence to back it up and then you know when you try to engage with them over it like, you know, it's because there is a level of accountability when it's people that we know or people that we potentially know. Mm-hmm. When, I'm, when we're talking about Facebook uh, threads and comments and stuff like that, there is some actual accountability there. It's not just anonymous people online. And those are the ones where I'd say do not even fucking bother engaging with random people online because for all you know, you could be wasting your time talking to a bot. That is literally a thing that happens all the or time. Or straight up just trolls. So don't waste your time with <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, trolls. Yeah, there's trolls, there's bots. Don't waste your time with that. But this was actually somebody, a real person with their real name, face, everything who they are, came on, said some dumb shit, all right? And rather than shit on them over it, you know, uh, I, I think you handled the situation well. And I Thank think you. those things kind of one at a time, one small step at a time, each of us, it is imperative. We have a duty to actually engage with people who we know. Therefore, we are... Uh, a, a, a reliable, reputable source. Right. Somebody who they know we're not just making up some crazy shit. Okay? Because anybody, I mean, anybody listening to this who doesn't know me, like, they do not trust me as much as people who do know me. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's always going to be about that. And I think, I think that is the, I mean, that is the long, arduous task, like the hard work that we have to do to start to deprogram a lot of the crazy bullshit that's been going on. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough thing because we've lived, uh, most of our lives, I would say, uh, especially if you're, you know, our age or older, um, not really having to, to deal with this sort of thing, not really having to, to take anything seriously enough to, to really, um, 
have to face some sort of confrontation from time to time. And it's something that um, not not saying that you, you should go out and be confrontational to be for the sake of being confrontational, no. but you should not be afraid to, you know, to say what you truly feel is, is right and have a discussion about it, you know, and, and not let your fear of losing a friend over something, because the bottom line is that, you know, if that friend is willing to or is going to look at you or push themselves away from you for you simply having a conversation with them about something not attacking them not belittling them not berating them but like you know actually having a conversation and disagreeing with them if that friend supposed friend is going to uh push you away from them for doing so then they really just aren't your friends i mean this is it's kind of a, a weeding out of your friends in that case too like but you shouldn't you know let the pressures of society or peer pressures of having friends and not losing people stop you from saying what you what you really feel and the same goes for you know family members unfortunately and that's another thing that i think is even even the the the, the, difficult the, the most difficult one because uh it, it's it seems like at least you know between most of the people I talk to are that are my age, um, no matter what they believe in, it, it seems like their parents or their their grandparents or somebody that they know is so staunchly on to the side of of, you know, just that kind of that dissonance of, of well, no, anything that, you know, that this left says is just and what it is, in, in my opinion, from my observation, what that, that is, is it's it's fear of change, you know, because change is exhausting. But change is inevitable. You know, we need it and it has to happen. You know, the, the idea that we can just the, the, the idea that any one form or system, one form of government, any system is going to remain uh, effective or, or beneficial to everybody or is ever going to be beneficial to everybody is absolutely ludicrous and absurd. You know, if you just take a simple scope zoom back out and look at history as a whole and name one you know dynasty or one civilization that is like never that has lasted forever and never needed to be improved you will never you will not find one and it doesn't make us any different in fact it makes us us we're in a, we're in a time where uh we're going to be advancing so much more rapidly than any other time we already are advancing much more rapidly things the information that is out there the 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 amount of changes that are going to take place it's just it's you you have to brace yourself up for it you can't sit there and try to uh you know dig your heels into the sand so much and say nope i'm not going to change because the fact is you are and it's it just depends which which side of, of history you want to end up being on you know do you want to be you know do you want to disguise yourself as being patriotic but actually end up being more like the red coats <laughs> during the revolutionary war or do you want to be somebody mm -hmm. who pushes for the true american ideals and values which is uh you know pursuit of freedom liberty justice um you know trying to 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 move on <laughs> and trying to figure out how to you know how to how for us to survive and live and 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 coexist with each other on that note it's it's great that you mentioned that. I've I've been listening to this fat this fantastic series lately called uh, Crooked Minis. Uh, 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 they do different topics and things like that. But for this month, the the, the topic is it's a four part series on reclaiming patriotism among the uh, among liberals in the Democratic Party, and how that has gotten that has gotten away from us in the wake of you know a historic uh, shellacking in the Reagan era. And this kind of very entrenched, especially among older, uh, you know, 
uh, Democrats that like the country is inherently extremely conservative, and that the way that you win elections and do things is by is is by buying into the you know the idea of patriotism set forth by a lot of these folks on the right that were doing it in bad faith. Again, uh, you know, uh, um, this is actually a small topic covered in uh, in the loudest voice, uh, where Roger Ailes has the idea is like, hey, you know, and after nine eleven, he says, hey. Everybody here wears flag pins. Flag pins is now the new thing. Anybody who's not wearing a flag pin is a fucking anti-patriot, like, is against America. And that kind of thing, you know, showing this, this, making it about the unequivocal, unquestioning faith and love of your government and not of the ideals set forth by the founders of the nation right. and not by the actual improvement of this country. Right. Loving this country enough to want to work and fight to make it the best possible representation, to actually fight to move towards being a more perfect union. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is fucking patriotism. And that is the kind of, like, it, uh, that is the kind of thing that... It is shameful that it was ever let, you know, get away from us because we have been, you know, since I think Carter was the last person to fucking actually fight for the uh, to fight for the things he actually believed in, you know, to actually, you know, was not making uh, compromises or lying to people or or or, you know, bringing up all these these ad hoc things, trying to be Republican light, like diet Republican. You know, that's that's exactly where the. Overton window has shifted in this country. Everything is so far right that people like Bernie Sanders feel seem like they're extreme, right. you know? And because as you can see, they're going to label anything and everything far left and socialism. And it's been happening yes. since yes. the 40 actually it's been happening since the fucking 1800s, you know? That's what I'm kind of finding out now. Everything will be branded socialism. Right. There is nothing that you can do that's going to stop or slow the attacks of these people and they're only getting more craven. And it's a strategy that I think every day it gets harder and harder to deny that the Republican Party is a party that has absolutely sold its soul to the devil of racism in order to win votes, keep power, and to hang on to that. Because if they really felt like they could win on the merits of their argument, they wouldn't be working so hard to uh, at voter suppression, at gerrymandering. At packing courts like they are at right rigging now. this, at trying at doing, to entrench do, the power, doing the Roger Stone stuff, like and and you know, and then you're exactly right because even uh, adults that I've talked to, it's kind of that. Well, you know, you've got to learn how to play the game if you want to be effective. You got to go through these proper channels of fixing it, and it's like, no, we need to dismantle that whole way of doing things because you're, it is true. Like you know, even for liberal people who might just set out with the right intentions um on their campaigns or or whatever when they're when they're first starting off they get to a certain point and you know the influence whether it's you know uh lobbyists uh you know there's just there's just people out there that uh special interests get in the way of things too and and you know they kind of get sucked into the game that's being played already um in the political the game is self-preservation yeah the whole thing is systemic. Yeah. It is systemic yeah. the way that it funnels everybody to act like well, this. And, t- and, and, and that's, that's where you get people like AOC who sent there and said, I don't give a fuck if I'm a one-term congressperson. I am going to do everything I can with, the, with these two years and this power that I have been given by the people of my district. Mm-hmm. And I am going to do my best to suck and set the place on fire. And my God, more so than any other single congressperson. 
maybe say for for you know Pelosi, uh, she has done to actually affect change in this country and do things in a way, and that's why that's why you know the right and the coordinated uh, structure of 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 uh, Fox News and all these conservative outlets have been working so hard to demonize her and turn her into this this monster and 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 you know she has the bravery to go out there every day and put you know and put herself out on on Instagram live and answer her her constituent questions and questions from anybody you know anybody else who wants to listen she is demystified the entire process by making it as transparent and open and she has given all of this knowledge to everyone in the country and in doing that has fucking invited I mean, I mean, what's crazy about all of this shit? You go back to your country comments and and having that rally be chanting uh send her back is that this this equates to real, absolutely real physical danger to all four of these women that were that were mentioned in this thing. All right, Ilhan Omar is has received so many credible death threats to her, her family. They, I mean, I mean, there are people in her, you know, in her district, there there have been, you know, uh, uh, dead rats and and death threats and bomb threats left on the Capitol building and shit like that. Like it is, it is bad. Like what these girls are doing are, it is the most fucking brave thing, I can consider. I str- straight up second guess a lot of the shit that I say sometimes, because I know, but there are crazy enough people out there, and I am not a private enough person for my identity and, and you know actual safety to be actually hidden. We, we do, by the virtue of us doing this fucking podcast, like uh, that, I don't do, you know. And these girls are out there every day fighting for what they believe in and what to do is right, and it is it is commendable. It is the most American thing I can fucking think of. So hashtag I stand with Ilhan, straight up, and all and all these girls. Right after the Fourth of July, his whole little fucking Trump's little, um, you know, his whole little rally or whatever the fuck parade. His, his campaign ad that he spent a hundred million dollars of taxpayer money. On. Yeah, and yeah. he messed up on on his speech and everything too. But anyways, the very next day, you know, like because that was the whole thing. Obviously, you know, you're here, you're hearing about how he goofed up on his speech from all of the headlines on the left and then you watch one thing of the the fox news where i don't even know the clowns that they're young and they look exactly like you know they were casted to play the, the, the play yeah to play these to play yeah. these like demonic uh type of uh politician uh fucking people like it's it's kind of like i don't know if you ever watched true blood but that one like racist christian guy that was yes that. exactly so it's, it's like that you know so they're sitting on there and they're saying they're they're gloating about all of the amazing things trump said and how patriotic it was and how they said if you really just didn't think that what he said this is what, what the guy said if you didn't think what he said was you know the most patriotic and the best thing for our country then you really should question why you're living in america or whether you want to live in america like these were the words came out of his mouth and i'm like what the fuck is going on right now what the fuck is going on god damn it dude and all of this and fuck we're at an hour 
and it frustrates me to no end to understand that he does this type of shit to distract from the things he doesn't want us talking about. Like the fact that Jeffrey Epstein has been arrested and now, and he, Trump absolutely raped children in his past. 100%. It is in court filings. It is in documentation. They're about to fucking drop this shit. All right. And now video was unearthed yesterday of him hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein multiple times. And in the video you can see, and this is, this is of him and Jeffrey Epstein hanging out at a party with 28 girls and them too. And then you can see uh, at the party, Trump literally grabbing and groping a woman. And there are other, uh, 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 there's an interview afterwards where he talks about just grabbing and kissing uh, women like, you know, in front of her husband, stuff like that. And there are court filings uh, about Trump and him getting into argument about who is going to rape a 15-year-old girl first. And it's, it is horrifying. And this is the kind of news that he's trying to distract us from. And I hate that I have spent the entire time talking about that, uh, talking about the other stuff, and not this, because this is his fucking plan. But he is a goddamn monster and an absolute danger to this country. I say it every week, and, and, oh, fuck. Fuck, man. Well... We are doing our best here. Uh, we missed a lot of shit, you know. Like, like, uh, you know, in uh, in Ferguson too. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but there was a, a, a an activist who was uh, she was the founder of uh, this. Uh, fuck, what was her? Sorry, let me get her name real quick. Uh, let's see, in Baton Rouge, yeah, Sadie Roberts Joseph. That's what it was. She was the uh, founder of an African mu- uh, African American uh, history museum, the Otis L. Williams, and then now and then Museum of African American History. And she was found murdered in the trunk of her car. She was also one of the uh, you know primary people who was involved in uh, organizing the Ferguson protests. And she is now one of six people who have wound up dead in the three years since that happened. This is not a joke. This is not, so, this is not something that I've even really seen covered in any great depth. But people who, basically the people who started Black Lives Matter are dead. All of them. Murdered or mysteriously died. Like, this shit is real and crazy, crazy, crazy shit is going on. Uh, and I will, I will look more into this. We, we can talk about it some more next week. But, uh, but God damn, man, like this is the kind of, these are the things that go under the agenda because, uh, uh, you know, because of these things, these outbursts, they're planned, you know, and I guarantee you watch next Wednesday when Robert Mueller is scheduled to testify, um, in front of Congress, there will be some other crazy shit going on because that rally happened on the same day that he was supposed to testify. That's when that rally was scheduled. Uh, there will be something happening next Wednesday. I fucking just just watch for it. Mark my words, man, because this is exactly the playbook that he goes by. But we cannot let any of these slide by. All of these add up to some horrific shit. And every day that Nancy Pelosi does not fucking push forward articles of impeachment is 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 a day that uh, I think is an absolute dereliction of duty. And that kind of summarizes my problems with the Republican Party as of this moment. But anyways. We are out of time, so let me actually finish with a story that I found this week that I kind of forgot about a while ago. But a fun little fact, in 1989, the cash-strapped Soviet Union paid Pepsi 
17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate, and a destroyer in exchange for $3 billion worth of Pepsi. This caused Pepsi to become the sixth largest military power in the world for a moment before they sold the fleet for scrap recycling. I just thought that was a fun fact because there was a time in history <laughs> where, Pepsi had, a where Pepsi had the sixth largest military in the entire world. And things like that just bring me endless, endless joy. Well, so they, do, they do have weapons that. of mass destruction uh, that are very effective in everyday life. Oh, my with fucking with, beautiful tags with their beautiful with tags. their food <laughs> their <laughs> their their food is uh i mean i saw a chart the other day with between pepsico uh coca-cola uh nestle and um what was the other one i forget the other one but like you know just showing basically how they literally control all forms of all markets so even when you're going and buying organic stuff you're still buying it from them and there's no way of really knowing that it's for sure organic, but like you could yep. buy the cheap stuff from them and the, the, the expensive organic stuff from them. So either way they win. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yep. This is, this is late state cap, late stage capitalism for you guys. Right. And so, which, which, uh, you know, as, as somebody joked a, a while back, is going to make socialism real easy when there's only one company to take to take over uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to, you know, enforce uh, the government on. Right. Uh, you know, if it's all just one, that'll make it simple. When we have uh, commander Jeff Bezos and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like just fucking, Oh man, we are opening so many yeah, cans yeah, of worms yeah. like the fucking face up yeah. thing I did. I gotta read that book Badger was talking about uh, before or next week because there is some other. God damn it, we should make this show three hours, <laughs> but I think that people have fucking sat through it long enough. And so I, make sure that you guys are subscribed to the show because. As you can tell, we've got a lot to fucking say. If, you, yeah. and <laughs> if, you've, if you've lasted this long through the show, then thank you very much. Because we know that for a lot of we people don't it. really, as soon as politics get brought up, they're like, oh, no. Like, you know, and, and we, we definitely were not a show founded or started on politics, but it is something that is important. And, you know, we are experiencing this in our day to day lives. And though we, you know, are still always going to have people when we can come on and talk about the stuff that they're doing that are rad and the, the positive things that we're working toward to to make this you know world a better place through art through uh you know through other technological uh, innovations that can really do some good in this world it still is important to to talk about the reasons why all of these things are important so um you know this is something that's relevant let it bleed is about uh letting your passions bleed out and you know you could tell that we're passionate, especially very, Phil, very, very passionate about this and finds it very, very important that you, we all know um, what we're what we're experiencing in the present. You know, we don't want to be waiting until 30 years from now when they make a Netflix or whatever, you know, dominant uh, streaming site makes a, an original show about the scandals that we're living through right now and be like, oh, I had no idea. You know, so like it, it's important to, to stay up to date and to um, to just keep up with it so uh thank you and just it's important to also recharge and have those palate cleansers exactly like you were talking about at the top of the show yeah the art the life the loving that we need to do to like keep ourselves whole as people and hang on to our own humanity that is super fucking important too and i do not want that to get uh you know me being the herald of all things terrible <laughs> on this show i do not want to i do not want that fact to get overlooked yeah. that 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 shit is just as important fucking love your life yeah. love the people around you and and 
and just just be a force for good. Yeah, come out and see uh, one organization this weekend uh, that is you know that is trying to do uh, just that. We uh, through the arts and and through through their practices by upholding you know uh, like Burning Man principles, which are principles you know that uh, that they true people truly believe, and they they've set up this alternative society, this whole alternative thing that really like shows. You know, what could be if everybody kind of really just, you know, uh, you know, really just believed in it. And um, anyways, we're having a Burning Man uh, fundraiser, which I am going to. That's another thing I didn't get to talk about that I'm really excited for. I'm going to be going to Burning Man this year for the first time. Uh, something that I feel Fuck that. Yeah. I, Congratulations. <laughs> thank man. you. Thank you. Yeah, I got, uh, you know, a ticket through. Uh, I'm going to be participating and performing in uh, 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 the fire performance with Camp Luma Dance. So if you are going to the burn, uh, look out for our camp. I'll have by next, you know, over the next couple episodes, our exact location um, and, and all that stuff. But this Saturday at the Tiki Bar in Costa Mesa, we are having a fundraiser to to help us get all of this shit out there. Because if you've seen the stuff that uh, Riley and Marilyn, who I do want to have on the show, perhaps next week, um, come on. And if you've seen the stuff that they've been working on and building and that the stuff that they actually have to transport and take over there, it is not, you know, this is all out of pocket stuff. You know, this is stuff that it, it costs money to, to go out there and really, um, they're fucking letting it bleed. Let me just say that. So, um, come out and support <laughs> this great cause and also have fun and enjoy yourself and dance and, you know, and enjoy the things that, that, that we all crave each and every day. Um, and aside from that, we also have art in the park the next day. Um, it's the lemonade stand theme, make a batch of lemonade and come out and share it with us. Let's make some art and have some fun. That is all I have for, uh, this week. Um, and you know, like I said, we've been just, we've been going over it. So let's go ahead and leave it at that. Uh, follow me at hood rat stuff with three F's, uh, Phil at nobody cares. And then nobody cares or Phil, nobody cares. And Phil, nobody cares on Twitter. Nobody cares. Phil on Instagram. Exactly. I'm over here trying to, to do your shit for you and fucking it up. And at let it bleed cast on all social media. Yes. Platforms. Follow, like, subscribe, send to your friends, tell them about it. Um, you know, go back and, and check out other old episodes too, and see if there's something that really, you know, that, that inspires you. Let us know what you think. But anyways, that is all. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, let it bleed. Mm-hmm.